What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the NS9 post game show. I'm your host, Jim Rosati. With me is Tyler. Tyler, rain delay. But, uh, you know, even with the rain delay, it's still only 1030. So it's not too, too late. No, I mean, I can live with it. Yeah. But at the same time, Jim, this game was set to end at like 930. This game was rolling along until the seventh inning. Uh, when there was a rain delay. Um, don't know exactly the amount of time of it. It was about a 40, 40, 45 minute rain delay. Yeah. Um, but oh. all it did basically was break up the uh, the anemic offense. And it did get yeah. Zach Wheeler out of the game, who was spinning an absolute gem for the Phillies. But the Pirates lose two to one tonight. Again, that Zach Wheeler start, just complete domination of the Pirates. Uh, and uh, a couple of costly mistakes for the Bucks, uh, and that was uh, that was a determining factor here. Yeah, I mean, people are gonna sit here and nitpick the Mitch Keller start. They're gonna nitpick this, that, and the other. But at the same time, you can't strike out thirteen times and expect to really be a good offense. This team strikes out way too much. And we're at a point right now where I think you're going to live a little bit more with the strikeouts because we're seeing them from guys that are younger that maybe might be learning, but it's, you just can't strike out as often as this, as this team does. This team strikes out too much. They don't produce in situations where they have to. And even when they kind of do produce in a spot where they you know, you probably should get a run. They they just don't send runners home. So here we are. Yeah, we'll get to the strikeouts and we'll get to the offense. The I thing just, I'm mostly that was a broad going little thing I went on to. I'm the sorry. thing I'm the thing I am mostly going to nitpick on is the fact that this game should still be going on. It should be two to two because the Pirates should have scored a second run there in the fourth. But Mike Ravello threw up a stop sign to Andrew McCutcheon when Tyler Andrew McCutcheon could have done somersaults from third base to home and still been safe on that play. I don't know what Mike Ravello was doing there. And yeah, we could, we can say like, we can sit here and say, yeah, the offense needs to do better, but Mike Ravello cost this team a run. And the difference of the game was one run. Yeah. Andrew McCutcheon could have walked backwards doing the moonwalk, Michael Jackson style, and then done some backflips, some backhand springs, whatever, and he would have been safe. The dude was a third of the way down the third baseline. The ball was still in the air going to the cutoff man. And the stop sign gets thrown up. Yeah. Like, that's what I'm referring to. Um, 
it's it's just really bad. And then I'll be honest, Jim, it gets compounded by if you're gonna make that decision there, I get it. There's there's one out. Okay, if you you have Henry Davis coming up, I understand to an extent. But like Andrew McCutcheon had a great read on that baseball. He he knew he scored for first there. If you're gonna hold him there. There's no reason that he's staying at third on Henry Davis's very shallow fly ball, but at the same time, there's you have to send him there at least. The way that this team is playing offense right now, it was back to back, just very passive plays. Yeah, I think sending Kutch on the fly out would have been it would have been risky. It was a 215 foot fly ball. But if you just um, held him on the G Man Choi one, yeah. you gotta get a, you gotta hang him a little bit there. Yeah, no, I mean it, the Pirates need to come through right with a runner on third yeah. and less than two outs. Henry Davis didn't get the ball far enough out. I think maybe if he hits it another twenty or twenty five feet, then you're easily in good shape there. But we can harp on that, and we and we definitely can. But this game should have been two to two. Before Henry Davis ever stepped to the plate, no. Uh, and when and when you have an offense like the Pirates have, you have to take advantage of every run that you're given. And they, the Pirates were given a run there, like they they should have scored on that double. I don't think there was a person watching this game that saw that double and thought anything other than this is a tie game. Because I can tell you right now, yeah. as soon as I saw the ball off the bat, I thought, tie game. Well, then Castellanos yeah. kind of didn't, didn't even, like, field it all that well in the corner. And a little lollipop throw in. Like, I, when I say Andrew McCutcheon could have scored backwards, I mean he could have. He could have, once he turned around, made the turn at third, he could have spun around and 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 gone backwards to home plate and score. No, you're not it wrong. Was, it was one of the worst stop signs I've ever seen a third base coach put up like that. It was terrible. Yeah. And I mean, when you have a team that's struggling as much as this one, I'm okay. Getting thrown out of home. Yeah. Take a that chance. too. Like, that too. Like a per, like even if all things are perfect, like it has to be a perfect throw. Yeah. No, but yeah, go ahead. No, I mean, we're talking about a team that their up and coming star player got thrown out at home on a contact play or on in like week two of this year, because they were sending everybody and just all of a sudden they decided we're done doing that. Yeah. I don't know. It, it was a frustrating game to watch. The offense was just absolutely pathetic. They, they got something going in that one inning and they scored a run. They should have scored two runs. And here we are. The pitching staff, I'm not going to complain about the pitchers. Like, we'll talk about Mitch Keller here. And I thought he put together a pretty gutsy performance. Like, he, he didn't look good early on. And by the time you pulled him from the game, like, it was a good start for Mitch Keller. Uh, bullpen did really well after, after he came out. Uh, so, like, good job by the pitchers. The pitchers did what they needed to do to win this game. And mm -hmm. the offense just let them down again and it, it, it all comes back to like i said well 
there's the, there's the, the stop sign, right? But yeah. it all comes back to you look at that San Diego series. Like they actually finally won a series or their first series win in July. I, I, who knows when the last time they won a series before that? Nobody knows. It's, it's been, it's been long forgotten, <laughs> but they win that yeah. series and the games that they win, it's because they put the ball over the fence. Yeah. And this team isn't good enough to not hit the ball over the fence. Like they yeah. can't string together a bunch of hits and put together five, six, seven runs without hitting the ball over the fence. And today, not only did they not hit the ball over the fence, they never even got, I mean, Zach Wheeler and this Phillies pitching staff absolutely dominated this game. Um, the top exit velocities of this, of this, uh, of this game, the top one, two, three, four, five, six, the top seven hard hit balls of this game were all Phillies. Um, just a pathetic display offensively yeah. all around one through nine. No, it really was. Um, I don't, I don't want to keep going back to what they were doing in April, but like, that's the reason they were 20 and eight because in those situations, they were able to put baseballs in play and do little things very well. They're not doing that well right now. Like I think it was the, Whatever inning the uh, Choi double and McCutcheon held, was it the fourth? That was the fourth. Yep. It was the fourth. But that all gets started because Brian Reynolds just fights off an inside fastball and he's able to take it the other way. And then something else happens. McCutcheon walks and all of a sudden you're in business. In April, they're able to get the two runs out of that because I don't want to harp on Henry Davis. He's someone's able to drive a baseball far enough to at least drive that run home right now. They're not doing that. And they haven't been doing that for two months. That's no. really what it comes down to. If you can't hit the ball over the fence, you have to be able to do little things. Well, you have to move runners. That's why. And we talk about Jack Swinski all the time. That's why a guy like Jack Swinski hurts you when you can't put the ball over the fence because he's a guy that strikes out so much. And they have a lot of guys that just strike out in those big spots and sorry, Jack Swinski, but you're my example right here. He's a guy that comes up in a lot of positions where he's not able to move a runner over or do a little thing very well. And that's why he gets harped on. And really it's not just him. It's the entire team. They don't do it. Yeah. Um, Bottom of the lineup today, too. Jared Triolo over three with yeah. two strikeouts. Nick Gonzalez over three with three strikeouts. Alika Williams over two with the strikeout. Um, they were just a complete black hole until Josh Palacios came in, pinch hit extraordinaire. You know, they he got something going there in the eighth. They Jim. they actually had some life there in the eighth inning Jim. with pinch hit singles from Palacios Jim. and Joe. Jim. But, why is Williams getting at bats on this baseball team? You tell me. I don't know. Why is this guy getting at bats? He's terrible. Everyone knows it. Everyone well, I think in Major you and League I Baseball know knows he's You terrible. and I know it. There's a lot of people who somehow got fooled on Twitter that thought that he's a good baseball player now because he played three weeks of good ball in AAA. Why is he getting at bats? Why? 
because he had three like, good weeks in Triple A. I man, I, I can live with a Jared Triolo striking out a couple times in the game. I can live with the Nick Gonzalez. This guy's been here for a cup of coffee, and he's getting major league at bats over guys that really should be getting major league at bats. On no planet is this guy a major league baseball player. So I agree with you. Like, I do not think Alik Williams is a major league baseball player. But I will argue with you and say I think he deserves to be on this roster right now. Because, like, who else? Like, when Mar- Marcano went down, who else Who else is there? Like, Alika Williams deserves the, deserved the shot once Marcano went down. Does he deserve the at-bats he's been given? He's playing. He's, I mean, he started two games, Tyler. Like, That's two games way too many. Fair. I'm, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm okay with him getting the, the mo, the, like the periodical start here and there. I don't think he should be taking at bats away from Piguero, like no. consistently. Honestly, that's uh, the big thing is Piguero should not be taken away at bats by some guy named, what's his name? Alika Williams. I'm just going to yeah. call him Williams. He's a scrub. Don't care. Um, let's talk about who, who we're all idiots, Jim. God, we are all idiots. Let's go to the pitching staff. They actually played well today. Let's talk about the pitchers. Mitch Keller, um, what was, was Rocky to start off. The velocity was down. He was throwing like 93, 94 mile an hour sinkers and four seamers. His cutters were like 90, 91. I don't know what he was doing. And then he got into some trouble and he started pumping the velo up. He got out of that trouble and then he settled in the rest of the game. So that was at least nice to see because, I mean, let's be honest, Keller hasn't looked very good for, you know, three, four weeks now. Uh, But today he was able to, like I said, it it didn't look good to begin with, but at the end of the start, Five and two thirds, eight strikeouts, two runs. It was a good start for Miss Keller. He battled through it. He did. Um, it was almost like reminiscent to me early on of the Mitch Keller we saw his rookie year, where he was able to get the strikeouts, but there was just there's something missing there where he's giving up the hard contact. He's not commanding well. Every now and then he's just missing a spot and giving up the runs. I do think that I don't know who it was. It, it could have been Endy. I don't know who's calling pitches anymore when Endy's behind the plate. Um, we had the discussion before about we don't really know who's calling the pitches there. Yeah. I do think they did a good job of mixing the sinker in a good bit more there in the third and fourth inning because he was in a spot where he was allowing base runners, but he had to get the ground ball and things like that. So I think they were able to mix some pitches in a little more for him. It wasn't so heavy cutter sweeper like we've kind of seen. And the four seams kind of been used a lot more lately, which I think everybody was on board. The four seam was trash like two years ago. Mm. Um, So I think they, they did a better job of mixing pitches with them today. I don't know who was doing it. I'd love to get Andy, give Andy the credit, but I don't know if it was him. Yeah. I- 
I mean, the first start that Andy had, you know, you and I were were doing that yeah. game, and we noticed that he wasn't calling the pitches. I haven't really been paying that much attention lately here. Um, I'll have to kind of check on. I'll, I'll have to look at that because I would like Andy to start calling some pitches, yeah. but it, that wasn't the case when he first came up. So let's. I'll I'll keep an eye and see what's going on there. Um, I will say this: the cutter today. Um, it generated six swings. Five of those yeah. were misses. And the one that wasn't a miss uh, was, you know, really soft contact. So that cutter was working today, especially against lefties. You mentioned the, the sinker. He did go heavy on that. Um, he also went heavy on the sweeper. The sweeper, he threw more than any yeah. other pitch. And it was, it was the sweeper good looked very good today. <laughs> it was good today. It was moving. Um, you know, he had, he had a 21 inch break on, on one of those. Uh, 35% whiff rate on the sweeper today. So like he, the stuff was good outside that velocity early on. Mm -hmm. uh, but when, when he like really got in a bind and he needed to go to that velocity, it was there. Like he found it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like you said, I mean, the velocity ticked up a hair later. Um, it's always going to be concerning because this team tends to have these high electricity arms, basically that just lose velocity. And there was a point, I think today where Mitch Keller was a concern and he found it a little bit. It's definitely something to keep an eye on, but for now, I, I don't know. It's, I think, we're in a weird spot with it with Mitch Keller right now. I don't know. I think the strikeout numbers and the swings and misses still kind of show you he's still there. Yeah, I know, but man, he's like a four year ERA guy right now. He, he is. Like, he's a three he's nine bad. seven after today. Like he's been bad. There's for the last month. He's been bad. Yeah. He's been bad. Yeah. But he was he was he was good today. Like at the end of the day, he it was a good start. Yeah, like if this if this start happens in June or in May, we're just saying, you know what they they hit a few hard balls off of him. I mean, they they scored on one pitch. Like it was a yeah, it was a two run homer, and that was the only time the Phillies scored off of him today. Yeah, so and I'd like I would like to dig more into the um, pitch usage that we've seen in July. I just really haven't had time to do so, but mm -hmm. I do feel like he mixed it up a lot better today. I can't really tell you that for sure, but I feel like he did. It's just a yeah. feel. Okay, that's fair. Good feel. <laughs> um, I do want to. I do want to talk about though. Like we've we've blasted this bullpen. You're going to um, talk about Ryan Baraki, aren't you? I don't really want to talk about him as much oh, as the other God. guys. Okay, we're but good. we'll we'll throw Barucky in there. He's actually been semi competent, but in particular, I really like the role that Carmen Majinski has carved out on this team. Um, I think he 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 looks like he could be like that high leverage arm. Uh, he he got a big out today. Um, finished off the ninth inning. Uh, Yeri De Los Santos. Um, the the peripherals are still a little weird and i'm yeah. not necessarily like trusting this uh but you can't really argue with the results that he's gotten so far uh jose hernandez again we missed him for about a month with that injury 
he was a little shaky in his first outing back, but this is now two consecutive appearances where he's looked, he's looked good too. Mm-hmm. I think, I think those three guys, I'm, I, I'm really curious to see what those three people, Jose Hernandez, Yeri De Los Santos and Carmen Majinski can do for the rest of the season. Uh, like I said, Majinski, I love what he's done so far. Yeri, little little skeptical. Jose Hernandez, big fan of, of what we've mm-hmm. seen from him this year. Um, did, what did you kind of see out of those guys today? And just really in general lately, I think those three arms have done pretty pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I'll just talk about Majinski a little more. Like I, To be positive about the Pirates, I do think they did – something very smart by moving him to the bullpen just earlier in his career. A lot of times we see a guy like him. That's going to hang out in the starting rotation as everybody talks about Ryan Baraki for a while and good Lord. I don't want to talk about him, but I will say this. Like if you're not in our discord, like for some reason, Ryan Baraki is like this cult hero in our, in, in the, in the pirates in our, in the NS nine discord. It's, it's 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 pretty hilarious. I'm not gonna lie. I, I enjoy it. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> but to get back to Carmen Majinski that we can pronounce and some other co-hosts can't. Um I do like that they the pirates, I think they made a good decision of putting him in the bullpen in his minor league career. A lot of times you're gonna see a guy like him with really good stuff. They're gonna they're gonna try to see what he can do in the rotation. Which is fair, but for a guy like him, he has an opportunity to be a high-end reliever, like you said it. And I think we're seeing it right now. Like he comes in in a spot, and they seem to trust him. He comes in against Bryce Harper. And was it a pitch that Bryce Harper probably could have drove? Yeah, maybe. But he did. At the end of the day, like like you you just said it, he didn't. And Carmen Majinski has is all he for the good bit of time he's in the zone, and his stuff's really good. The velocity's really good. He's hard to square up. He has an opportunity to be like a seven, eight, nine inning guy. Yeah, and and I think with him, and we talked about it early on. It's all about like the fastball command with him, because the other pitches are good. Uh, the fastball is good too, but it's like it's all about like where mm-hmm. he's putting it. And you look at like the heat map so far with him. And you know, if you go to his you know baseball savant page, you'll see it. But that four seamer, he's keeping it at the top of the zone. His cutter, he's keeping it in on lefties. Uh, change up, he's keeping it like like he he is he's keeping it low and low and away to lefties. He is um, first off change up. He's thrown thrown it sixteen percent of the time. You don't see that too often from a reliever. Like he's got a legit like four pitch mix to him, um, but his command has been really good since being called up, and that is what has has made him so effective. Uh, because like you said, the the stuff plays. It's just a matter of you know where's that where where is he going to throw it? Jim, you say all this, and I'm, like you mentioned the cutter, you mentioned the fastball, you miss, mentioned the changeup. Could he be a starter? Could he be like a Brewers type of guy that? So I'll say this, like I've seen Majinski start in person. Uh And every time I've seen him start, he just screamed reliever to me. 
Yeah. Like That's it fair. was just one of those deals where. Yeah. It's like the, an Osvaldo Beto where you just watch. Yeah. Him. He's a reliever. Yeah, like, it, it, like, like one time through the order, just fine. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah. And there, there is definitely something to be said when you watch a guy pitch like this in the majors and the velocities to tick up everything like that. And yeah. Like it looks like all the stuff could be a starter, but when you put him in that role, six innings is a lot. Yeah. I mean, average fastball right now is 96. Um, it, it wouldn't be 96 with a starter. No. It would be You're like 93. Like, yeah. 93, maybe topping like 95. Yeah. And it's like a very wild 95. Yeah, so here we go. So at this point, is Majinski a certified MLB reliever? I mean, I'm definitely intrigued by him as a reliever. I I think we both said it. I think he could be a back-end guy. And that's just... Uh, well, I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to give Neil Huntington credit because I will say Ben Sherrington and the organization did a smart thing by moving him to the pen in the minors. Yeah, I mean, that was something they made that move this season going into the year saying, hey, mm-hmm. you are going to be a reliever. Uh, so it got got his feet wet in the bullpen in Indianapolis for a couple months this year and looks like he's settling right in. Uh, yeah. I can't remember the last time a reliever. Honestly, I can't remember the last time the Pirates did something like this where they took like a no. starting pitching prospect, turned him into a reliever kind yeah. of early on. Right. And brought him up early on and, you know, he's been effective. I, I, I can't remember the last time that this team doesn't really develop relievers. Right. They're usually, they usually put their bullpen together just by like pieces from trades and mm. waiver wire pickups and things like that. They're usually not developing relief pitchers. Maybe Tony Watson. Yeah. I mean, Tony Watson, I think switched to a reliever in like double a. Yeah. It was pretty late, but yeah. Justin Wilson was kind of the same way. Yeah, uh, Brian Morris. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we're talking we're talking like fifteen yeah. years ago, right? Yeah. In recent yeah. memory, no, it's been a while, been a while. So I mean, yeah, you got to give him kudos for that. I mean, Majinski looks like a legit bullpen arm. I think I trust him right now more than anyone other than Pednar. I think that's fair. Like I'll take Majinski like, over Holderman right now. Yeah, I think that's a fair statement to make. So you don't want to talk about Ryan Barucki? No. Ryan like, Barucki walked his first batter of the season today. Yeah. 15 and two-thirds innings, 17 wow. strikeouts, one walk. Hey, he's getting the job done. He is. He's bad. This seems going to burn themselves. Like, I don't know what it is, but Derek Shelton is in love with this dude. And at some point, this thing's going to blow up because there is nothing about that guy that screams, I'm a major league pitcher. He's bad. Slider's actually not that bad, but everything else sucks. 
I think he's just proof that if you're a lefty, yeah, and you've got like semi competent command, which you know he clearly does. Like he's in and around the zone. He's pitching. Like he's throwing the ball where he wants to, for the most part. You can be successful. Yeah, I should be in the majors. You should. Easy. All right. Two to one loss. Um, do we want to touch on anything else offensively? Like, do we want to bash anyone? Do we feel like bashing anyone? And when I mean anyone, I mean Brian Reynolds for grounding into a double play. Yeah, go for it. Runners on first and second in the eighth. Yeah, go for it. I know you want to. He had a good uh he had a good game in San Diego last time out. Uh had a good series in 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 uh, Anaheim. But you just you just need to have more consistency out of the guy. The the the, the, the he has to be better. And, and I know like we've said this but you cannot be the guy who just signed the richest contract in team history and be average to above average like he has to be good and like the contract isn't i i don't think this contract's going to be bad even if he just continues to play like this like he's worth that you know over over a seven year span or whatever but he has like the pirates have to have a deal here like the pirates need to get excess value out of this deal and so far he's not providing it for him He's not. I mean, I don't know how much deeper we can get into it. He's he's got to be better. Yeah. I, I don't. You said it all. Like, there's just nothing else to say about him. He's got to be a 25 home run guy. He's got to be a 25 home run guy. He's got to have an OPS over 800. Um, he yeah. has to play better defense. Like right yeah. now, he's on pace for basically a two-win season. Yeah, that's he's an average. Be... That's an average major league starter, and it's a very bad two wins. One hundred two weighted runs created plus. He's an average major yeah. league hitter. Jack Swinski's a two and a half win player right now, and I'd argue he's the worst two and a half win player I've ever seen in my life. Next to Cabrian Hayes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean he's got to, he's 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 got to play better. There's, yeah, that's a whole rabbit hole we get down, but right. yeah, I'm All starting right. to hate war. War's stupid. What is it good for? Absolutely, Absolutely nothing. nothing. Nailed it. All right, we'll be back tomorrow. Tomorrow, Quinn Priester versus Aaron Nola. I'm excited to see Priester again, though. I, I am too. I'm excited to see him. He he looked good his last time out. Oh, better. He didn't look well, great, but I was sleeping uh, after the third inning, basically until he got bad. Yeah. Um, Aaron Nola, a lot of strikeouts. So be prepared for another big strikeout performance tomorrow, most likely. Uh, but uh, yeah, Nola Priester. It's seven oh five. It's game two of Yenzer Palooza, Tyler. I think tomorrow's a fireworks night. I don't know what Yinzer Palooza is. Did you it's see? Some... Hold on. Let's let's actually talk about this real quick. Sauerkraut Saul comes into Yinzer Palooza. 
and wins the Friday night pierogi race. Sauerkraut okay. Saul hasn't won in in ages. Why do you know you, that? Did you did you see the hype video that the Pirates put out? David no. Bednar, Colin Holderman, they were all working out with Sauerkraut Saul all for this moment tonight. It's like Saul WWE. It's all fixed. <laughs> you sound like Cody right now. I'm just saying. Sauerkraut Saul pulling off the big win. I think he's back. Is, is, sauerkraut, is sauerkraut Saul back? He's the next LA Knight. LA Knight. Yeah. All right, let's get out of here. All right. <laughs> Pirates lose two to one. We'll be back tomorrow. See you all later. Peace out, Scouts. Hey, you all. Thank you for watching. I know we try to provide the most entertaining content that we can, uh, and we'd love to spread it to as many people as possible. So uh, I know it doesn't seem like a lot, but if you could take the five seconds to like this video and subscribe to the page, it helps out so much more than you know. Thank you, and let's go Bucks.